Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of TNO. And I'm super, super excited because today I've got not one but two guests. And first one comes in the shape and form of Hilgert van der Heistien. I think that's how I pronounce it. Am I correct there, Hilgert? Uh, almost there. I think uh, for any English guy, you didn't do too bad. You got the down, so that counts for something. Thank you. That's because uh, I'm from Pretoria. I got I to know a little bit of something, something. And then second guest, we have Nicole Austin, I nearly said your previous name. There, a lot's happened for both of you during this lockdown, and obviously Nicole is the run-up of Survivor season seven, Immunity Island, amongst other things. Um, so, guys, how you how you been keeping up? Good. It's good to see you. Good to finally be here. Listen, I've been campaigning to get on your show for years. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't hasn't he been beating down your door? He's he's been at my door and I've just said no, no, sorry, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> your car's been tough. He's been tough to get a hold of. I mean, uh, geez, no. I don't know. You, you do a whole bunch of other things as well. What what is the other thing that you did, Hilcha? Oh yes, what are the other things that I do? No, man. I mean, I'm I'm just a general guy at home, stay at home dad. Well, not stay at home. I'm staying home now because it's lockdown. But uh, yeah, yeah, doing the dad thing, uh, slurping up Survivor in in every single format that we get, and um, yeah, I think that's about it for now. Okay, that's not too bad. And Nicole, what what have you been up to? Uh, life's been busy and exciting. Uh, like you said, I got married in December, which was very cool, to that um, crazy guy who traveled across the world to Samoa to see me on day 35. Um, and been working my tail off, um, in working in communications with my agency, but also climbing a lot of mountains. Uh, having a lot of fun all around South Africa, tagging the highest peak in every province with my organization, Uprising, and taking cool groups of people up to those those points and then in between that spending a lot of time uh, with the family and the zoo at home <laughs> it's a fun zoo i don't know if you guys uh, caught jason's zoo last week on last week's episode the guy whipped out chinchillas pigeons pitbulls he had everything everything so real zoo yeah, and it's a private yeah, zoo listen, if i leave today and i don't have a pigeon uh, named after me i'm going to be very disappointed <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to talk to Nicole. I don't know if you're renaming your pets, but he'll hard, you know, sticking his name out there. He wants, he wants something. Hey, it's not a bad one. So we still haven't found out whether my snake is a male or a female. Currently, her name is Meredith Brooks. I'll take it. If it turns out it's a guy, it could definitely be a <laughs> Same, same, mate. Same, same. Awesome. Also, I just want to comment on the one thing. When Nicole, when you say you climb mountains, I think a lot of people generally use it in a, in a metaphorical sort of sense. And you, you literally say, no, no, I'm climbing mountains to the top. That, that's what I do. So I, I love that. That's, that's one of the things that really gets me. I'm like, I'm still waiting. You know, you, you finally on TNO, I'm still waiting for one of the invites to climb a mountain. But, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll wait for that invitation. Standing invitation. Anytime you like, come climb with us. We're always climbing. And it's actually just, it's simply walking uphill and then walking back down again. It's not as profound as it sounds. Just like that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> with really cool people. Rob's actually come with us. Uh, I don't know if you saw a while ago, Rob and I climbed Mufadi, which is the highest point in South Africa. And yep. we did a tag team challenge to see who could make it up first. And I was robbed again. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice tagline that seems to be working for him. <laughs> oh. All right, guys, let's kick off the show. The first one we're going to be doing, or well, the first segment we're going to be doing, is we're going to be discussing the Golden Spear. And for those of you who haven't joined our show before, the Golden Spear is the award that we give to the player in the episode who's made the best move and has landed themselves in good way moving forward for the rest of the game. And with that being said, guys, please, let's hear those nominations. This was for me like a proper difficult episode because I've probably got about four people that I consider like standout players for, for this episode. Um, so, I mean, I for a second, like Carla for me really stepped up um, in this episode and she's become like the, the silent assassin in the background. And I don't think she's necessarily going to be on a lot of people's radar. Um, so, yeah, I, I really liked the way she, she stepped up uh, in this episode. So maybe I'll throw her name into the hat so long as one of the potential players for a golden spear into the so, first one there 
Yeah, I actually agree with you. Um, she was a bit of a dark horse that came out, which was very cool. Um, but I think that most players, even the favorites from episode one for me, made more questionable decisions than good ones. Uh, I think everybody has almost started playing a little bit hard, a little bit fast, and everybody is putting themselves in hot water. Um, and I think mm. even the ones that are not playing and more silent, uh, that's a poor decision in a very active game early on. So, um, listen, I'm no expert, but I have to give my nomination to, I think the only guy who did, did pure gold good is the one on your wallpaper there, uh, the King Dino. Man! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was quicker off the blocks than I expected. When we saw him running, I was like, geez, I had no idea he had that pace. He's keeping up with Paul. Yeah, listen, so I mean, I don't know if you saw Paul, but Paul pulled a stiffy there on the water when he ran in. So I think for Dino to, to kind of match him all the way was some serious props. So I, I, I would second a Dino nomination. Yeah, I mean, look, Dino, you guys have some valid ones there. Color, you know, Color's an interesting sort of candidate. I the only concern I have with her is she's got one she's got the ally in, in Mike, but she kind of forced that vote. Whereas the others are still seem like they're stronger, they're more integrated together than than what mm -hmm. they are. I feel like they're isolated, and that that vote went their way. But I think they're going to come short moving forward. The Dino one, I think, fantastic. The guy's obviously he's not he doesn't run a puzzle business for for nothing. I mean, he really shows exactly. his worth. And I think that first challenge, he wasn't even considered to do the puzzle, which I find bizarre. Which also shows like how low he mm -hmm. is. And that pecking order from a social currency perspective. I don't know, Nicole, when, when you're looking at being out in a social sort of perspective, I don't know if I'm still working because you guys – oh, there we go. From a social perspective and climbing the ranks, when you started in Saula, you had Paul that was completely isolated. How, do you, how does one, like Dino, try and find his way back into the game? I just think he has to relax. It's, it's an energy thing, and I know this sounds really crazy, but – Having been there to say your energy that you put out is either attracting the people around you to feel safe and secure or it's making them feel anxious and high alert. And this very nervous energy that Dino puts out there, uh, while similar, I suppose, to Paul as well, there's something or something you can't put your finger on, you can't trust. Um, and, and that edge really puts everybody else on edge. And I saw some of the people that had this nice, calm, confident energy when they came in have now started overplaying, and they're starting to have some of that nervous energy as well, and they're, they're getting doubted and second-guessed. So um, it's a very fine energy balance, and I think that's one of the things that Rob had in our season for sure, is this calm confidence without being arrogant that makes people feel safe. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think if I can add to that, uh, Claudia, I think um, – if you, if you come into this game, and it's something we're seeing a lot over this season, is uh, we've got a big cast of super fans, you know, people that know the game and the ins and outs of it. And I think just walking into this game and really wanting it that bad, because this mm. might potentially be your only show, has just like immediately ticked people over into... I need to make this move like from the get-go. And I laughed when, when kind of Dino's promo shots and things came out that they spoke about this paranoid energy. And that's what yeah. we've seen. And I think it's because you, you really appreciate the chance that's been given to you. And maybe that's kind of what happened in the first episode. Yeah, definitely. And I think, Nicole, you touched on it before we went live. You were saying from your season to this new season, you said you'd also be tripping right now if you were playing based on how hard these, these castaways are going at it. I think to keep your cool right now must be incredibly difficult. Um, because it's this build over the 39 days of this pulling away, segmenting fractions, discussions, watching people go and have conversations, getting pulled in, building this map in your mind. That is such massive anxiety. And we all chat on WhatsApp together now afterwards about this PTSD, this post-traumatic survivor uh, disorder that we have. <laughs> to watch it unfolding. This is so early to have this much scheming going on. It is intense. I don't know. We definitely didn't have it on this level. Um, well, I, I really don't think we didn't, we didn't play this hard this fast this early on. But I would like to discuss this comment at the bottom of the screen here because I have some thoughts on this. A new super being the social being. Uh, because I think from first episode to second episode, uh, Claudio, I don't know if you saw the difference, but I... Yeah. I foresaw her tripping herself up because it was a very cool social game to play. But then to walk out of your second tribal council crying 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I found that I wasn't sure if that was sincere, to be honest. Um, th that was the one thing, because it comes across like you saying, you know, you're not going to be writing this person's name now, and then you're writing it down. I mean, you, you've had this experience, Nicole, where, you know, you write down the names, you show some tears, and you're coming, you are generally trying to be authentic, and maybe the people around them aren't perceiving it that way. And I think Dino has experienced the same. He cries. So I don't know if people really think he's genuinely crying or he's actually just playing it up. And that's the type of thing, especially when you're saying everyone is super, super paranoid as to whether or not this is going to go down well at all. Hilgard, what do you think? Look, so I, I don't know. And this is based off of the, like the pregame interviews and the social media interactions. I feel like both with Dino and with Anesu that, that those were legit reactions um, in, in that they were upset. Uh, well, Anesu was upset that she had to vote someone else else out that she didn't necessarily want to vote out. Um, and Dino, I think it's been such a buildup for him now after the first tribal council that just kind of redeeming himself in the moment was like, oh, thank goodness, you know, I'm, I'm not in this position anymore. And I think um, Nicole will probably uh, tell you this, that, you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into this game. And sometimes, you know, crying is just the way that you, you kind of let it out. Um, so I, I felt okay with it, and I, I think there was a bit of a, I don't want to call it a backlash, but there was some response in social media saying, well, I mean, is this a proper cry or not? But um, I'm, I'm, Hilgot, I don't know. Guys, just, just look down here. We've got Sean, uh, Sean Wilson. Thanks for joining us, buddy. We, we're going to be critiquing your, your sort of game sometime soon. I think in this episode, you came out all right. You did well in the challenges, so fair enough, but not worthy to get, the, get nominated within the Golden Spear. But I just, I just want to come back to the, the Anessi sort of thing. She's, she is. She's in the mix. Despite the tears, she's with Warda. She's with the other side of the Chappies. She kind of knew a lot of what is going on. And again, that reminded me a little bit of you, Nicole. So it's, it's just interesting as to the social capital. It's something she does really well. Do you see similarities? I know you're picking out the floor there of her crying very early on. And considering this is a 39 game, is that, is that too, too early to be feeling such emotions? I just think it's giving your game away a little bit. If you are going in there to play all the sides, one of your sides is going to lose. So, you know, you're either in it or you're not. So I know that's what's coming from me. <laughs> 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 I get to judge now, okay? I've been there now. I can be a <laughs> It's a lot better on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, just, um, I, liked, I liked more the side of her that was very cognizant that she was playing all sides. But then now it's time to sort of own that and say, okay, I am playing all sides. But it is also going to catch up with you because you're tr when people see whether you're trustworthy or not, um, you know, it's going to be called into question very quickly by a lot of people. Um, I thought that, um, you know, I was a little bit interested to see her dynamics changing with with different groups. I thought she had a little bit more pull than she did. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I'm, I'm not getting the, the Nesu sort of nomination there. Hilkha, do you want to say something? Can, yeah, so can I tell you just what was like probably the most ironic statement in this entire episode for me coming from Anesu is I think she was in a conversation with, uh, with Varda, if I remember correctly, and she turns and she says, I don't know whether I trust Paul because Paul is too social. And this is exactly what everybody's been saying about Anesu being so social and being so connected and in every single alliance. And it's like pot calling kettle black where she calls someone out for being social, but she's playing exactly the same game. But also Paul, guys, I, I, I'm not going to say he's worthy of the wooden spoon because the man is safe. But also what kind of game is Paul playing? The man is St. Paul. He's building a structure. Everyone goes to tribal council, votes either, what was it, Mike or Pinty. And then you've got Paul going, no, no, no. Warda, I don't like her food. I'm going to vote for, for Warda. I mean, like, explain that to me. How does someone like that work? He's a real enigma. He's an enigma. I don't know. Someone, does, he, does he have, like, Durang sort of tendencies? Exactly. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that move. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. doesn't make sense. Well, Durang made it to the top three, so here we go. I mean, I suppose we, we've, we've got you, uh, Nicole. In terms of Durang and the social game that you played, I... Personally speaking, I actually think you were you were one of my votes as to should have probably taken Survivor from a different perspective. Rob got given a lot of the credit. I saw the game from another perspective. In terms of managing a player like Durang throughout the game, was it easier than it looked or was it actually a lot harder? No, it was easier. 
Um, he's actually a really genuine guy to read, um, especially when he lets his guard down. Um, and I think Rob and I got him that side of him. He's really funny. And he'll have a good chuckle and a laugh with you about the lies he told other people for us. Um, and I think it created a lot of trust when we had some yeah. good laugh um, I must actually say, talking, thank you for the compliment on my game. I really appreciate that. But I am loving this season of Survivor already, purely from the fact that you're allowed to play. I think yeah. our season, as fantastic as it was, because it will always be my favorite season of Survivor, it was very much, um, it was taboo to play hard and be the snake in the competition. Mm. And uh, and that was portrayed as the villain versus the hero. And I think yeah. the whole hero-villain thing has come through very strong, that thread, but it is also now celebrating the villains. And yeah. that's what Survivor should be about. So kudos for that. I'm all for that. Guys, our very own... What should I say? First initial villain, so to, so to speak, has has paved the way for the other villains to be so cool. And listen, own that title because villains are far more to watch and far more to they actually make the game happen. So enjoy that, Nicola. I say that with every single compliment. And I think, to be fair, like you said, and what Hilchard's already touched on, previous season, not as many super fans were playing. This season, a lot more people understand the dynamic and the game, which also then makes it very interesting as to touching on Anessa's tears going, yeah. She is playing the game, but it's already hurting her. So that, that is something worrisome. Um, we do have Christu here saying Santuni's um, throwing her name out there for what she did. Anyone want to comment on that? Definitely. Look, she, she was actually so, if I were to put my money down on someone that really deserves it this episode, it would be Santuni. Um, I think just long term, what she did in episode two has given her maximum chance of, of going deep in the game. I mean, she's she's found two... Uh, clues to immunity, to separate immunity idols. So, yeah. I mean, that really puts her in a very good position. I think she solidified something good with uh, with Chappies and them uh, to the point where she actually, I think, in the foresight for the next episode where she tells him she's got these clues. So, I mean, there must be a good relationship that started there. So, I think she's put herself up very well. And the fact that when the whole Pinty and Carla drama happened, she was like, well, let me just take a step back. I don't want to be involved in this mess. You go against each other and someone else goes home. And I'll just sit here on my log laughing at the rest of you. Yeah. Did she find that idol at Tribal? I don't think she found it. I'm waiting for the episode when she needs it, when she stands up and says, I'm going to use my, give me a second, and then runs yeah. around family. Well, she did a lot of this. In the in the trial, okay. so, <laughs> a lot of whiplash. <laughs> yeah, she must have such a sore neck after that tribal. I'm just afraid. I don't know if somebody else goes to Immunity Island, whether a similar clue to that same idol is going to be available for someone. And to Nicole's point now, Santuni gets up in tribal and goes, "I want to play my idol." Sticks her hand <laughs> in and poof, there's nothing. I feel like that that would be even better. Firstly <laughs> <laughs> speaking. <laughs> Listen, I'm a huge fan of hers, guys. I knew her before the game, only knew of her. She has the coolest online shop called Quieto Cook Sister. Have you ever yeah. seen it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, like, she gets props just for being a super cool human being. So, I'm excited to see her. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And I've, I've actually seen her store at one of the markets. And yeah, super, super cool stuff, guys. Go check it out if you haven't done that already. But one of the other things I'm pretty curious about, guys, should the actual concept of uh, Immunity Island not get nominated yet? Because in both instances, we've got normal or usual first boots in the, in the case of Toriso and Santoni being saved by the concept and now walking with, with advantages if they, if they came out on top. So what do you guys think about that? So I'd actually like to weigh in on this because I think that Immunity Island is what the Island of Secrets should have been last season. And I think this is, they've, they've found a version 2.0 where it is actually an appropriate place to go to get an advantage or a disadvantage. And it's a little bit more clear cut. Um, yeah. As well, for me, certainly a house of horrors and I never really enjoyed that time. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is the thing for me. I think like Dino caught a lot of flack in the last episode where everyone was like, oh, look at Dino going, help me, Paul, send me, Paul. And I understood the situation as Dino asking to send me to Immunity Island, not necessarily for the immunity purpose because he already had that around his neck. Yeah. But I was also wondering as to whether there's something else that sits on this island, either in the form of an advantage or there's clues to idols or things. And now we've seen Santuni go there she she took the initiative to kind of look under things and scratch in the rice and stuff and boom out pops another um you know clue so there's a lot more there than just the simple i i lose a vote and then you know i'm i'm safe at tribal council yeah man and i just want to say like i've had larue on the show before it's asking him like where potentially they would hide idols and that sort of thing and he said because you know based on the u.s season you it just seemed to be randomly planted everywhere. And if you go looking, you'll find something. He said one of the things was he will never just randomly plant the idols somewhere. And when, when Santoni was sitting there and she was going, you know what? This is Immunity Island. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. And I was like, there's no chance she's just going to find something. Because, you know, there's, there's always something. And, you know what? Credit to her. The concept of it being Immunity Island. Boom. She found it. So, yeah. Fantastic stuff there. I was just I was a bit impressed. And my girlfriend laughed at me because... I said, there's no way there's going to be something there. <laughs> just based on our thought, the conversation I had. It just shows you. <laughs> I think I turned the Island of Secrets upside down every time I was there looking for something, and I never found anything. I even, you know, well, I mean, I had to take mine from somebody else. <laughs> I never really found one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, Tyson's name. I just want to put, before we, we move on and go to the wooden spoon, Tyson? Yes. Tyson is um, a strong competitor. I don't know. I just There's a lot of gold there still coming, and he's playing a reserved game, which I think at this point is quite wise. Um, yeah, and I think he's – I also have uh, – I think there's a little bit of a spanner in the works coming for Tyson and Chappies because that whole dynamic. Mm. Mm, that's an interesting one. And I like what I you get said. A lot of- yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. I get a lot of like Yul Kwan vibes from Tyson that he's this like introverted, quiet guy that just looks at everyone and then kind of plans the game in his own head. And things just kind of come his way. Info comes his way. People share with him uh, because he's not, I don't think, a threatening or an aggressive player. So he just, yeah, I think he's playing a good game. Yeah, but the thing I liked is that he didn't have to do anything. And Pinter came there and revealed Chappie's advantage that he has. <laughs> he was like, yeah, mm. dude, I've done nothing. So it comes back to the point that Nicole's saying in terms of the energy you put out there, if you cool, you calm, you collect it, in the, especially in the early stages of the game, you will naturally draw people who are somewhat looking for a reassurance or looking for like a wall to lean on. So yeah, I man, super fantastic from my perspective. Okay, but we've got... Oh, I can also just nominate Dronir's face for surviving that fall. Holy shit, that was a hard fall. <laughs> It was an entertaining one, uh, that's for sure, but uh, I don't think it was so nice in the moment. No. <laughs> okay, so, so nothing there. All right. Okay, guys, so, so we've, got, we've got Dino going from zero to hero. You've got Carla saying you liked what she did there. You know, she held her hand up. And normally, you know, she's got the famous last words. She didn't have them. She actually followed through with the words. Um, we've got Santini for her idol play. And who, Anesu, Nicole wasn't having it. And then we've got Tyson. What are we thinking here, guys? I want to go to Santini. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like it's half the cost. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually have to agree with Hilfart. I Santini is, I think that she won in immunity. She got that ring on the hook. She found um, she's got two advantages. I mean, how do you walk out stronger from that? I mean, we know that the recovery for Dino was a remarkable one. But I, yeah. I don't think there could be a greater advantage if she's walking away with it and she walks away in tighter. I would think. And she yeah, comes and I think back probably... into the tribe. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Gilhart. No, yeah. go... no, I think like the little smidgen of thing that puts Santuni above Dino is even though Dino had such great strides in this episode, like immediately after he wins the challenge, Nicole Wilman goes, oh, well, look at Dino. Dino is so great in puzzles, you know, boom, big like target on his back. So, I mean, just going forward in the game, that's yeah. kind of put the target on his back now. So that's why I think Santini probably walks out of the episode better positioned going forward than Dino did. 
Yes, and she comes in being a possible extra vote that now people are going to be looking to because of what's happened mm. with the, the boot, which is also an interesting one. Tappy's going to be reeling, looking for another number, and we know how many steps he's playing ahead of the game, thinking he's super self-assured. But also, just on the Dino point, heavy is the head that wears the crown, man. He's done, <laughs> he's done too well here. He's done far too well. Yeah, yeah. okay. So are we agreeing? I think Chris also says Santonini. So I said Santonini. I feel like I'm going to Greece. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? We're going we're gonna to order to Santonini. You ready? Three. Santoni, that's it. Okay. Three, two, one. There we go. Congratulations, Santoni. You have won the second Golden Spear for the season. So well done. We're now going to move on to the wooden spoon. And the wooden spoon is for the person who made the most precarious sort of move in the game that has left them in dire straits moving forward. So... We're going to kick off with Hilgard. Let's hear your nomination. Then we're going to move on to Nicole. So, so there's just something that I need to get out of the way. I know we just gave Santoni the golden spear, but I also want to like give her a backhand wooden spoon for yeah. like right after getting these advantages, sharing it with someone. Like I cannot believe that people so early want to share information about advantages. She's done it now. We're going to see Chappies uh, or Chappies did it with the diplomatic immunity. Um, and we see in the next episode now that Tanesu says, well, Immunity Island is no longer a secret. We know everything about everything. So although she's gotten the spear, I was like, why? I don't get this move. Um, but yeah, putting Santoni aside, uh, Paul and Pinty were probably the two people that I would have put up for, for Wooden Spoon. Paul for the fact that he did that Warda vote for absolutely no reason <laughs> because her cooking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that was a valid reason. And that, I don't know, Nicole, maybe you could persuade me otherwise. Is cooking such an essential skill when you're on an island that people say, sorry, I want the rice to taste like this and not like that? Uh, no, uh, I don't cook on most days and only on the island. On the island, is actually a pleasure to cook because there's no options. It's rice on yeah. the island. You can add a little extra seawater to salt. Um, I <laughs> think that was, yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a few other options. I don't know. What do you guys think about Kieran? Yeah, Kieran's an interesting one. Uh, he, you can see he's definitely a consultant. And I, I've had some back and forth with him on Twitter because I, I used to be a consultant. I was like, the man's saying all the right things. He's observing the game from a distance. He's not really getting stuck in. He's just he's putting his toe in it. And he's, he's kind of... But, but I don't think he deals well with Pinty's sort of Boston, Boston Rob-esque sort of confrontation. Confrontation, and I, yeah. Yeah, and I must say, like, apart from all the other stuff that Pinty did, that was one move where I'm looking at her and I'm going, huh, she's assertive. She's super assertive. Obviously, she, she went across the line and became, um, what's, the, what's the other word I'm looking for, uh, which is too aggressive. But the assertiveness to a certain extent put him on the spot and he ran away. And that, that didn't do him any favors. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah shame it. Yeah, if you watch, to have people watch you backpedaling and running away and not having an answer, I, I felt like that was a, just a bit of a moment of weakness when he, he should have had a plan. You always have to have a plan B in your mind. If somebody asks you or interrogates you, you need to have answers, and he just had nothing. Uh, yeah, mm. that was not a good moment. No, it was a bit awkward because I think, like, in that moment where Pinty pitches in his conversation with Anesu and she goes, who are you talking about? And he goes, Mike. But you could, like, he could have picked any other name, but throwing out Mike, like, immediately put him in the wrong spot here. And she just went, like, balls to the wall to take this guy out in the, in the and conversation. And she even says, she's like, hey, do, do you mind? I'm just going to have a chat with Anesu without you. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. What's that? I'm going to have a chat without you. Can you leave us? <laughs> In the game of Survivor. I don't know if that's worth it. I mean, you've got Tony, Tony Vlachos building spy shacks, doing all things. He's like, he's always part of the conversation. Like you said, Nicole, maybe that was your strength. You're always three, four steps ahead. I mean, what would you have done in that scenario? What would, like, would you hypothetically throw another name in there or what would you do? Yeah, definitely. Throw in a name. But you have another name in your mind already for who you're not supposed to vote for. You tell people you're going to and he's really going to vote. That's 101. So that yeah. means, especially because Kieran is so strategic, it's a bit of a shock, I don't think. He was caught off guard, but that's a, a wooden mm -hmm. spoon move for me. Hmm. I like that. I'm, I'm in agreement with that, definitely. Guys, I,
um chappy's name out there i mean you've already touched on oh sorry guys i also spoke about boston rob how was the little the the challenge there at immunity the island yeah. yeah that was from straight out of winners at war <laughs> <laughs> i mean well done larry well done no that's, anyway. a, that's a good nod to the franchise yes yeah definitely nice way to tie it in okay but chappies your opinion you started talking about chappies before i continue i want to hear what you say about chappies yeah so chappies for me is an interesting guy because like I have this roller coaster ride with Chappies. Like, I feel at the best of times he's super connected. He's super liked. He's obviously a very physical guy that people want to keep around because it's important for stripe, uh, tribe strength. And then at other times, it feels like he's completely on the outs because now we have this vote happening on the last round. And you've got people that so easily want to want to switch over and vote out someone else. And, um, like, I think I made the comment um, earlier today that. This season for me is just like completely savage. People have got no regard for the fact on whether you are a challenge beast, a puzzle king or a whatever. If we want to take you out, we'll take you out. And even in the floating of a lot of these names, like Chappies' name comes up and I'm like, what the F? How did this happen? Like why Chappies? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. But um, yeah, Chappies, I wouldn't have shared the diplomatic immunity um, information at all like not at this point maybe at a later stage you can use it as leverage with certain players but i think like three or four days into the game how close can you really be with someone and how trusting can you be yeah i don't know so i actually felt that way initially um, and i like this whole comment all over the place um, but i've got a different story, a, a different idea about that Chappie came out so strong, and I still think that he is a definite favorite in this game, long term. And I actually think it's for the reasons he said, because he's all over the place and because he's made mistakes. And he's got these weaknesses in his armor, which make him a little bit more real, and, and, a, and actually a little bit less of a specific seaman uh, um, threat. I mean, if you think about, about our season, we had like Rocco. Rocco's indestructible and just mm. doesn't make the wrong move. Rocco has to go, just a matter of time. Um, so I think that there might be mistakes um, for healthy, but also I think that the information we shared is also a currency. And by sharing them with someone, sometimes it gains their trust, but sometimes mm. somebody else finds out about it means that they're also able to come to them and find this country later. It's hard to explain, but I, I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going to come out of it. A lot. It's a very complex character, which is very cool. It's not one of these plug-and-play heroes of the game. There's a little bit of life and a little bit of dark. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I just, Nick, Cole, you were quite soft there. I don't know if someone is doing the washing or there's someone's sound is doing something dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's your side, Hilchot. There's something in the background. It's running. Uh, okay. There you go. Okay. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you were saying, you go continue there, Hilchard. Uh, yeah. So I think Chappie's like silver lining for this episode was was probably the fact that he had the foresight to pull in Santuni um, even before they had the selection for um, for Immunity Island. That he said, "Listen, if bad comes to worse, we lose, and whatever someone from our tribe is going, if they use the same logic we used in sending Teresa, they'll probably send." Santuni, so pull her in, kind of get something together from a numbers perspective and look at paid off because that's what ultimately happened. And yeah, th there is an information exchange between the two of them now and Santuni, I think to some extent feels safe with Chappies now. Yeah. Just to touch on what Nicole was saying with regards to the people he's chosen in particular that he's aligned himself with. I mean, he goes with a pint to you who says oh, game's all about trust. There's a reason he's gone with a Paul as well, who's voting someone off because she's got bad cooking. These are sort of, again, Durang-esque sort of characters, not thinking further. Obviously, Pinty was strategic in a way where she just honest game, but we know this is the Survivor 2.0 version. This isn't season seven, the season eight with super fans. So guys aren't going to be so loyal to that. But for me, the, the interesting thing was bringing in Anesu. Not having the foresight to see that someone like this is quite social. She's already been chatting to everyone else, and yet he, he feels like he can include her in the conversation. I felt like you've been deliberate with the other two. And then you bring her in. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 yeah. 
I think it's just, it's, look, ultimately we'll see whether it pans out for him having someone in an alliance with him that you know has got fingers in so many pies. So, I mean, maybe it comes to bite him in the butt at some point. Again, I mean, is it is it a sort of Nicole sort of character that he's, he's is, is he the Rob pulling the string here with Nicole? Is, is, that, is that what's going on here? Uh. I, I think there's a similarity there because she's almost collecting all this information like a web um, and then going to report back to him. Although I don't think she's always going to give him the full story. And I think that one is going to be, uh, I, I, I foresee some trouble between Anisu and Chappies in the future. Mm. Uh, but mm. I think he's chosen some really good followers, uh, which was smart. Like your thoughts. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think you said it, Claudia, those Dural uh, mm. is. I don't know who's doing dishes or washing things, but it's not me, just to scratch. It's not us either. I don't know if someone's like hacking into the system and they're just like, yeah, we're going to do dishes. Something like that, yeah. Extra sound <laughs> effects. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so who do we have? We've got Pinty, we've got Paul, we've got Chappies, we've got Kieran. Is there anyone else? I mean, Dino's done fantastic, but at the same time, it's been his downfall. It's like... He's also done too much here. He's kind of redeemed. He saved his tribe, but then again, he does it in the next the next sort of challenge. Yeah, but did he really have a choice, though? I mean, I think in this situation, you're seeing your tribe, you know, is, is going to fall out and possibly lose and, and have to go back to tribal. And I mean, he had a very difficult first episode where people called him out, you know, for, for reaching out to the other tribe. So I kind of feel like I understand his pain. And that he would want to go all out and, and win immunity. And unfortunately for him, we had two puzzle components in both of these challenges, which I must just say I'm very happy about because it is, as a lot of people say, the equalizer on the field, you know, because we've got a lot of muscular people there and physical people. Um, and it kind of also brings it back to say, hey, we are recognizing other skills in the game. And if you can't have all rounders, then you're not going to win. Yeah. Fair point, fair point. All right, so what are we thinking? Who are we giving this to? I want to do Pinty, unfortunately, because she is the person that's voted out. But so, so Pinty, for me, in the exit interview, makes the point about Mike saying, I didn't want to work with Mike because Mike came on too strong. And th yeah. this is exactly why she fell in this episode, because she also came in like out of the gates way too oh, strong. Um, and like properly, I, I don't think she built very good relationships in this episode. She she tore down the ones that she had uh, because someone like Tyson, for example, starts the episode and says, yes, I like Pinty. She's coming to me with info because Pinty is the person that tells Tyson about Chappies' uh, diplomatic immunity. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, Tribal Council, Tyson writes down her name and sends her home. So that relationship is completely destroyed. And I mean, even an issue votes her out. Yeah. I have to agree with that. I think that definitely award. Um, you know, oftentimes, especially in the beginning, people are blindsided or sent home for the wrong reasons. And it's, uh, you know, like Jason last week, guys, I was so gutted because I wanted to see that guy play the game. I think there was so much more there. Um, and I actually like a lot of Pinty's really confrontational attitude. But yeah. I think she just made some critical errors really really bad errors that it's just unrecoverable and it was a very logical send-off yeah she definitely like i still think if it was an earlier sort of stage of survivor so maybe she could have gotten a little bit further doing what she did in your season i don't think that sort of thing is going to fly here where people you're giving people a reason to kick you off the island which is like I said, there were there were the similarities, but I was like, ah, oh, Boston Rob, so cool, 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 cool. And then I was like, no, 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 no. You can't be putting someone's <laughs> shoes by the fire. <laughs> Day two, yeah. like the second episode. You can't be doing that. So yeah, Pinty. Okay, so uh, we all agree with that it's going to be Pinty. Yeah. Yep. Ish, Pinty. And I'm, you know, guys, if you have any questions for the next boot, then you can put them here because we will be chatting to her sometime soon to to understand why. But okay, let's let's get that that uh, wooden spoon going. Are you ready? Three, two, one. There we go. Sorry. Unlucky, man. You get the warden spoon. And then, guys, storms is brewing. Predictions. What do we think is going to happen? What is coming our way? What do we have to look forward to? Two blind sides out of two episodes. What's coming? Three words. Three words. Three words. Mm -hmm. Rob, your 
Wow, that's early. Can we talk about that? What? <laughs> these poor people like if it's as if it's not enough that the uh, uh, how did mike put it that he's wet to the marrow on this island uh, like two tribals in and nico goes drop your buffs like poof everything you expected survivor to be it's like complete the opposite yeah so, man i mean yeah you're talking about the cold i actually think this is one of the precipitating factors so for us in samoa the weather was really rough and it caused us to be a lot raw and more more raw, more exposed, more fractured early on. I think this is on steroids. Um, I've actually seen some of the comments from some of the crew and the photographers that were working on the job literally saying how tough it was to to be crew on this set. Because it wasn't yeah. just wet like it was in Samoa and slightly cold. It was wet and freezing cold continuously. They had that challenge. And you see, I think it was Sean or someone, he's there in his lacquer jacket. And Carla is standing there in the spaghetti top and this poor woman is shivering to death. And I'm like, did she not think about putting on a jacket or a jersey or something? <laughs> well, they got jackets at least. We can yeah. talk about that as well. We didn't get jackets. Why? why? But I mean, so... Why? <laughs> did you guys... But I think it's negotiation on your part, Nicole. I think you guys should have, you know, stuck it to the man a little bit there. You just rolled to the punches. and like, okay, we're going with nothing. Yeah, I think it was just, uh, we were broken. Hey, We didn't ask questions. It was like the army. They break you and then they make mm. you. <laughs> but I think so, Nicole, you touch on a point now. Like this cold obviously makes a lot of people a lot more irritable because you're not at your best. But I'm sure that the cold or the horrible weather also has like that factor of bringing people together. I mean, because body heat, I suppose, becomes a commodity um, on the island. So <laughs> you, you come here next to me. I'll keep you warm. Uh, guys, I I watched those moments because they, they, they don't show much of that. There's too much time to sh have to show the drama. But they were not cuddling in that cave or under that shelter. Everybody's sitting on their own. Guys, we were all spooning so hard just to stay warm. <laughs> we lost all our dignity. We were, we were yeah. like one unit every time it rained. So was this Saula? But was this in the Saula tribe? Because I think like that's probably one of the reasons why you guys bonded. I don't think the other tribes are spooning. Guys, I think that's a one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> one on one. <laughs> spoons for success. So not wooden spoons, but spooning in general. No, if, even from soil, <laughs> even when we made it to uh, Manamalo, it was spooning all the way through. That's how you just stay warm and you don't care about anything else. But I think that the desire here, it feels like maybe that I'm totally wrong and I'd love to hear from them themselves. But it feels like this energy is so competitive so early on. They're not even prepared to stay warm, to sort of show that they're close to people by, by sticking mm. together maybe mm. i think the, the the closest we saw was paul leaning his head on mike's shoulder so there was a bit yes. of a neck rub going on i think that your ear probably kept warm i don't think anything else <laughs> i mean bone marrow certainly didn't help <laughs> That's, no. oh okay nicole i've got a question here would you play a survivor again uh you asked me that when i came straight off and the answer would be no but now it would be in a heartbeat it was um, Nico said to us, I think right towards the end, he said, you're complaining, but one day you will wish to be back on this island and you will miss it. I can yeah. tell you, I will never forget on day 39, walking off that beach, looking back, thinking I'll never be here again. And it is such mm. an opportunity and an experience that no money on earth can buy. Um, and it breaks you in the best way. Uh, everybody on earth who lives and breathes should have a survivor type experience. And um, so, yeah, I'd go again tomorrow. Well, what do you think your chances would be if you did, if you oh, went back? Really bad. <laughs> really bad. Well, what if it was like an all star, a whole bunch of players coming? You know, you're already looking at the season, the super fans are playing. They might want to be aligning themselves. So if Boston Rob can come back and be Boston Rob like 10, 100 times four and have times. a statue, four times and have a statue after himself and still somewhat do okay, I mean, we have to say here that I do badly, but we know differently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I feel it. At I least feel negotiate it. for a statue then. That's the only takeaway from this <laughs> Just get yourself a statue. Use it for firewood. <laughs> That's what you can do. Yeah. And shelter. I mean, it'll be cool to sleep in your own face. I don't know if that, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, about that, guys. Okay, so just moving on. Chris is saying possibly three tribes. Do you think that's on the cards? I think so. 
I think they had good numbers now to to go into three tribes. Um, what I'm kind of looking forward to in the next few episodes, and I want to see whether the tribe swap or shuffle affects that, is Carla spoke a lot about a core three between her, Mike, and Kieran. Um, but it seemed like as the episode evolved, that that even in that core three, it was Carla and Mike that were the actual like tight two in that group. So. I want to see whether, like, Kieran is as tight with those two um, as as Carla said, and and whether they end up in the same tribes in the next episode. Because I think they've got the potential to to really make some good moves um, if they stick together. I have a, a feeling that um, Mike and Carla are uh, quite similar to Meryl and Dante in that their alliance will probably save them for a while, but it will also make them unliked um, mm. by the other alliances. That's just... Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I think that's a fair point because when we were looking at Pinty's sort of reaction to everything Carla was doing and also not liking Mike, there, were, there was a reason. She just didn't like them off the bat. She's saying they came off strong. There's clearly a certain vibe they were putting out. And I don't know in terms of the Meryl Dante vibe, Nicole, you can touch on that. Uh, what kind of feeling did they give off? Was it more of like a superior sort of feeling? or? That's exactly it, Tari. You hit the nail on the head. It's a superior arrogance. And I think as well as Carla played, um, I didn't want to give her that vote for um, the Golden Spear because it was that walking out of tribal with this, you know. Smirk, yeah. And she was <laughs> no, claiming she it did, in the she professional did. level. In the she confessional, she was like, oh, I've got this. I've got this. I'm <laughs> counting my eggs. <laughs> It's always too early, guys. No. <laughs> but you talk about the smiles now. I don't know if you guys saw when um, when Zamba came into the reward challenge. Um, and this is now obviously where they find out that Jason's voted out. Man, did the Vuda tribe enjoy the fact that they had voted out Jason? Like there were smiles across board. And I just thought, yes, you could do a better job to hide it. You know, it's it's obvious for the entire world to see. But also, does that not come back to the point that a lot of these players playing, there's a lot of undertone that's coming. Obviously, we're seeing it from the edit perspective where we are assuming these people don't know each other. But a lot of these people know each other coming into the island. So, like, going back to, like, Dino referring to Paul, I don't, this, isn't, this isn't like a blank sort of canvas going, hey, Paul, help me. There's got to be something else in connection to all of this. Them getting excited about Jason is because I'm sure everyone saw his entry video. Like, he said to me, he knows me because he saw my entry video, like, a couple of years ago. So, I don't know. I mean, mm. you know, people do their research. I also knew a few people from my season, but I can honestly say, when you get there, it's gloves off. And... Um, that's often a big mistake is to think that because you know somebody that you've suddenly got this uh, reliable friend on the inside. Uh-uh. It, it mm -hmm. It's not like that at all. You make new friends and you, you rethink whether those people are actually in your corner because oftentimes they know you and then they already see you as a threat. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one or two of them might be experiencing that. I don't know, Nicole, do you want to elaborate on the ones that you recognized before? So I obviously knew Leanne from the industry before. Um, yes, yeah. You know, I was very sort of platonic about that relationship because it wasn't a threat or a, an, an alliance. It was just, it was what it was. Uh, but certainly from her side, I was an immediate threat. Um, I knew Sipe from before as well. Oh. And uh, it didn't really stand me in any better stead with her. I think I respected her more because I knew who she was, but I, uh, I still had to win her over as an alliance and as a friend because somebody mm. like that can look at you and say, I got your back because we go way back. But do you, are you just saying that because you know, I'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what so went through all... your mind? So you step on this beach and you see two people that, you know, do you go, Oh crap. Or do you go, oh, well, that gives me two votes. No, you go, Oh crap. Because, um, they'll say that they votes and why they votes, but it's not as genuine as a brand new alliance that you formed um, because there's always an ulterior motive and everything is currency. So information is currency, um, context is currency. So, you know, they're able to take any bit of information, even previous knowledge of you or interactions with you and use that as a way to, to show that there's a relationship when there isn't. So you always have to 
to look a little bit deeper and be a little bit skeptical. Jeez, and in a game where you're already in your own mind, this just adds like an extra layer of uh, paranoia. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay, cool, guys. So we're assuming it's going to be three tribes happening uh, moving forward. Out of the players, who do you think are probably in the best sort of position for the swap? Sure. <laughs> scratching of the head there. <laughs> I, could, I could hear it. I could hear that scratching. <laughs> What I'll tell you is that I think everybody I thought who was in a good position in the first episode is in a poor position now. And anybody who's maybe doing better now, we've seen them low before. I think everybody is precarious. Everybody has enemies. Mm -hmm. Everybody has somebody who doesn't like them. And everybody has somebody who's supposedly their alliance. So mm -hmm. I think there's a very even, very messy playing field. Well, Clark, I don't know yeah. if you disagree. Yeah, look, I think... I think these people are hypersensitive to everything. Like if you do one in a challenge, you're a target. If you're in social connections, you're a target, you know? So I feel like the people that are perhaps in the background um, are the guys that are going to survive the tribe shuffle a bit better um, because they can quickly sway or fall into a number somewhere. And although they may not be at the top of those numbers, they will not be on the chopping block as someone to go home. So I think someone like a, a, a Varda should be okay. I think someone like a Tyson should be okay. Um, although I think Renir made a very prominent move in the first episode, I don't think it was as prominent that he, you know, ticked off people or that everybody was looking at Renir going, this is the guy. Um, yeah, so those, I think the more background players are the guys that I think would be okay in the first round. I'm getting a bit worried about Tanisha. We've spoken a lot about her now being this person with all this like social capital and investments everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even her own alliance member in Varda says in the conversation, Anesu is like the head cheerleader here that everyone is going to and she's like chief in charge. And I just wonder what happens to her position if there's a shuffle, whether she all of a sudden gets knocked down. Because we've seen that happen, as Nicole says now. One episode you're there, and the next episode you're right at the bottom. Yeah. That was the most succinct summary of the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, Yoko. That's why you're on the show. My man, this is good scouting here. We know what we're doing on TNO. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens next um i am also terrified because guys we had entertainment value in the beginning of our season like a lot of it we had the people that you're laughing at you had we had tanya i mean how fun bank robbers bank robbers we had very cool funky <laughs> funny personalities i mean ting ting and just cool people um yeah I'm pretty sure these people are also cool, but we're not seeing any of their cool. We're just seeing mm. drama, 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 drama. It's like watching a horror suspense show the entire time. Yeah. What? Yeah, that is a valid point. Uh, you know, it's interesting because like, like we said with yours, there was a lot of entertainment um, and partly maybe what we were lacking was the sort of strategic side. Whereas here, there is no room for that drama because it's just, like you said, it's off the bat from from day one, and it's ah, that's insane. It's going to be a crazy one, um, guys. This pretty much. Sorry, I'm very keen to see no. what happens with the Chappies um, and Nisu dynamic going forward, and I want to see who's in which tribe, and I want to see who mm. becomes the the biggest threat first, and how they avoid it if they do. Um, I yeah. think that's take a lot of cunning to be able to get targets off of back. And so far, I see those two with big targets on their backs. And Thorisa, guys, how do we think it's going to shake up for her? Because, I mean, she's got a hell of a read. She just, she's lacking the physical side, obviously, in terms of challenges and, 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 and them seeing her as the Siri sort of character already. I, was really I think the summary of her being Siri was actually quite spot on. Um, so I know she like likes Siri, but she's playing a game very similar to Siri. I think maybe not on the same social level yet, or maybe we're just not seeing it in the edit yet. But um, I, I enjoyed the fact that she was, you know, scouting everyone out in the first episode going, you know what, I see you, I see you, I see you. And um, hopefully she, she pulls a big move at some point. Yeah. Nicole, you want to say something? No. Yeah, I, I think that initially she she worried me a little bit, but actually came through a little bit more solidly. In, and I think she could also 
play a, a good game. I don't know how far she'll get because she needs to make a lot of friends. But but so far yeah. playing on the radar safely. Okay. And I think that's a valid point. I think the social aspect is definitely lacking and maybe not the best part in her sort of holistic package that she's offering. But guys, the funniest moment, you spoke about the entertainment moments. What is the funniest moment in this past episode? I mean, I've got one in particular. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's this. <laughs> that, that was a good one, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was cool. Um, I like the fact that when Paul's climbing or someone's climbing, oh, Sean, Sean, when Sean is climbing up the top and he's trying to offer Marisha a hand at the top, she's like, no, man, no, buddy, I got this. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, why would you offer this lady? This is like, she could, she could throw you over there. Also, I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately one of those people that you know, if you're if you're walking in a shop and you you bump into a glass door, I'll be the person laughing at you. So Renee's face plant for me, <laughs> was, it's like a golden moment in this episode. And you know, the fact that I laughed watching it after seeing the preview every single day in the week preceding it is just like indication of how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say I'm pretty impressed of how strong his neck muscles are because his head. Was still attached. I mean, credit to whatever exercise he's doing. Uh, Nicole, you do some CrossFit sort of stuff. I mean, he, he must be sometime joining the gym. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think he's got some definite rugby history or something there. But wow. Uh, <laughs> what's the preview? They showed us a sneak peek of that accident. I thought it was, he was toast. Eh? I thought that was going to end a lot worse than it did. But he, he bounced. He didn't. You know what other thing actually now comes to mind? Um, so so when they got to the um, puzzle blocks that they had to stack, so just before that, when they had to throw that off with the sandbags, I see Chappie's picking up the sandbag, and I'm like, this guy's going to throw two throws, these blocks are going to fall off, and there goes the first one, and it completely like falls two meters away on the ground. It's nowhere near the bench, and I was like, wow, that was a bit of a disappointment. Like I anticipated everything to fall off in the first shot, so yeah, it was quite, yeah. quite an anticlimax. Yeah, that was a winning moment. He he really put a lot behind that. And you just think it's exactly, you think it's going to be like a baseball moment where it's like, you're out of here. I mean, all the throwers out of there. It was interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, thank you very much. That pretty much wraps up the show. You've both been amazing. Hilchard, this has been a long time coming. Nicole, it's been even longer. Um, so thank you very much. I hope you feel better, Nicole. Hilchard, I wish you all the best with the other things that you're going to be doing. Final thoughts thank that you guys you. want to drop off and it doesn't have to be related to Survivor. Go for it, Nicole. <laughs> Passing the <laughs> Crickets in my brain. Um, final thoughts. I think this is going to be uh, everything that Survivor needs to sort of move forward in a positive direction. And okay, we were talking about this before the show. Can we celebrate the fact that they are proudly South African? They, they triumphed despite mm. COVID and lockdown. They still filmed, pulled it off world-class production, and it's show showcasing our shores. And um, I think that we get maybe some international seasons coming to South Africa yeah. here at the Wild Coast after that. Yeah, I think it's a great shot. Yeah, I want to link up to what Nicole says just from a production perspective. Um, I really think this is what distinguishes the South African franchise from, from the other international versions is we've seen uh, LaRue implement ideas that come from the fans in the show. Uh, we're doing a local version now that's close to home and it's nothing short of fantastic. Um, I love the fact that we've got these tribal um, idols that are hidden that you need to find a tribal council. Um, it's something that we started as a franchise that we're doing again now that we've seen some of the American um, versions also try to emulate. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's fantastic. And, and I love the fact that it's back on screen now. And we are the first franchise, at least the English version, to be yeah. uh, first back on screen. So that, that ends up. And he's one of those. I mean, a special tier for that vote. Bucket, what it is a real name for it. Yes. The, the urn. Skull with the urn, the skull oh, with man. The, next through the eyeballs. It's just next level after apartment. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Ah, guys, and that was all locally made in the Eastern Cape. That money was invested, like I've mentioned on the previous episode, in case you guys missed it, 106 people were hired by production. 
and 10 million rand was put back into the economy there. And it's just another fantastic thing. It's credit. And also Tribal Council, guys, that was all handmade by people in the Eastern Cape. It's absolutely unbelievable. Oh, 103 people. Correction. I've got my admin person here correcting the host. There we go. 103 people, guys. Apologies for that. I, you know, I, I embellish things. Yes, this is why, this is how you get people to join your alliance. You know, you've got to embellish a little bit, get them to buy into your story. Oh, mistakes like that will get you your torch snuffed. The tribe will speak. At least oh. you'll have a nice torch to snuff, though. I mean, nothing, nothing <laughs> to complain fair, about. Fair points, fair points. Okay. And on that note, guys, it's time to ch uh, snuff this TNO torch. Thank you very much for joining us, Nicole and Hilgert. Wish you guys all the best and have a fantastic evening. Thanks, Cheers. guys.